going to multifamily events is where you might find many of your future investors because they understand. Welcome to the Real Estate Monopoly podcast. My name is Kerwin Donis. My brothers and I got into real estate investing to achieve financial freedom and help underserved communities in Guatemala, where our mom is from. Real estate is the vehicle we're taking to achieve our goals, and you can too. On this show, we share the stories of some of the most successful real estate investors to show you that you can succeed in real estate just like they have. Each episode, we deliver inspiring and educational content that will empower you to launch your real estate investing career and achieve your financial goals. Let's go. Rebecca Moore is the co-founder and CEO of Starboard Equity and a real estate investor since 2014. She has bought and sold over 2,200 multifamily real estate units and has syndicated the acquisition of four properties with over 500 units as a general partner. Rebecca's story is one of powerful determination and persistence. She shares how she hired a mentor, learned to underwrite, build relationships with brokers and investors to help her win and fund deals in Texas while living in California, all while managing a full-time psychology practice. Now, she is free from her job. She moved from sunny San Diego to Dallas to commit to the tremendous DFW multifamily market and create more investment opportunities. She created Starboard Equity to help others accelerate their path to financial freedom by investing in multifamily properties. Like I mentioned, Rebecca is a psychologist as well as an investor. During her career, her husband began to invest in single-family houses, but when she found out about apartment syndications, they were drawn in. I am a psychologist. My mom and dad, you know, they stress the idea of go to school, you know, become a doctor, lawyer, you know, CPA, something along those lines. So I did the entire trek of getting a PhD, you know, thinking that I was doing exactly what, you know, Americans are supposed to do. However, you know, getting to the end rope of the education line, it's like, oh, is this all I'm going to make? Oh my goodness, you know, day after day trading money, uh, time for money. Well, my husband, he was a naval officer and he had begun buying homes each place that he was stationed. So we had a few in Virginia. We had one down in uh, Corpus Christi. And as he was coming closer to his retirement date, he said, you know, Rebecca, we need to put all of these houses under one roof because we had multiple different um, property managers. We were used to uh, having rentals out of state. So that was perfectly fine with us. But at that point, again, at retirement, it was we need to put them you know, all together. So we went looking for somebody to show us how to buy, let's say a duplex or something, a fourplex, sixplex, who knows what. We had no idea of about syndication of large multifamily buildings. So we went to an REI expo and we found a person who could mentor us that just said, if you want an education, come out to Dallas because his program is uh, out in the Dallas area. So almost the following week, Warren and I went out to Dallas and said, you know, I think we're going to give this a try. This, this sounds good. It's even bigger and better than 
just having our own duplex where we have to deal with the termites, tenants, toilets, et cetera. So at that time, though, Warren was taking over a squadron of ships down in San Diego. And so he says, Rebecca, bye-bye, you got to go do this thing for us so that, you know, we can change our real estate as we transition out of the Navy. So luckily, I began to really enjoy this idea of syndication and be able to make friends and learn this completely new career path. So numbers and real estate was not in my background, but I do know by having a PhD, I, I definitely know how to do school. I know how to learn as most of us do, no matter what kind of degree that we have, you can learn a new um, career path. And so that's where the journey began. Economies of scale refers to the economic advantage gained as the scale of your business or investment gets bigger. The economies of scale made multifamily a more attractive path for Rebecca. We've been lucky enough at one of our Virginia houses to have the renter there for almost 15 to 19 years. I can't remember. So that's great. You always have that income coming in. However, down in Corpus Christi, even though the house was on the beach, People didn't stay all the time, of course. They were transitional themselves. And so it's a zero sum if that person isn't there. So we would go for maybe three months without any rent from that house. And that sort of made it a very a flat line of no income or, or the passive income low in that for that house. So that's where with multifamily. If one person moves out, you have a bunch of other people that are not moving out that are continually keeping the income where it needs to be. And so that's the economy of scale in that sense. Not only that, for us, as I said, our houses were in different states. And so we were hiring property managers in different states. And so that's eating away at your rental income, where if you put them all into an apartment, You've got one property manager looking over 10, 20, 100 doors. And so you're getting a real bang for your buck. That's, that's a basic idea of uh, the economies of scale going from single family to multifamily. After learning about apartment syndication, Rebecca decided to pursue education in the Dallas area. But her mindset threatened to hold back her growth as an investor. For myself, as for many people, even like yourself, Kerwin, you are, are investing out of state. Also, I was traveling from the West Coast to Texas all the time to begin to learn this process. So first of all, I was skeptical. I'm like, who are these people? Is this real? You know, can I really do, you know, can I do this? And are they, you know, here to bamboozle me or something? <laughs> so I was incredibly skeptical, but the people were really nice. And we were going to see their apartments each time that I came down to Dallas, which was about every other month. And um, I also invested passively and I saw that there was actually money coming in. So I thought, okay, this is real. However, I had to overcome the thought of, well, I don't know 
um, real estate. I don't know financing. I don't know these numbers. And so it was a stretch and a learning curve for me to understand these things and feel good about myself having investors invest with me, with me kind of not knowing. So sort of this imposter syndrome that a lot of people get when they start a career. It's like, everybody's got to start somewhere though. And the great thing about uh, having a mentor and having lots of folks around you is that being able to reach out to them as your source. So that's another thing. A lot of times people think, oh, you know, it's a dumb question. They're going to think I'm stupid. I mean, that's a universal limiting belief for a lot of us. And so we don't ask questions when we really should. But so to allow people to mentor me and to believe in myself that even though this was not my path of, let's say, 20 years in a career, that's okay, because we, we all have to start somewhere. Another limiting belief that I had to come over, overcome was, let's say, going from the West Coast to, to Texas all the time. It was a money investment. And I was... I, I'm very frugal. My husband is not. He's like, honey, you need to get on that plane and go and spend the money because it's going to be made up in the long run. And for those of us who are go-getters, it's true. For those of us who put in the work, it's absolutely true. So we spent the money, but it's paid us back in spades because of that effort that I put in. Rebecca made an effort to visit Dallas and surround herself with other multifamily syndicators. This is how she accelerated her growth, refined her underwriting abilities, and got her first deal. Getting around the people who are doing what you want to do. So wherever you are in your multifamily journal journey, you need to be with uh, folks who are doing the same thing and learning from them. And so uh, a person took me under his wing and I was able to learn the numbers and underwrite, underwrite, underwrite. So learning to underwrite to find a very good deal is really important because you don't want to get all excited, jump into any deal and find out that you're not giving out distributions, you're having a massive headache. So I would spend literally hours and weekends learning how to underwrite. I, I, I think that's very, very important. And so I would be underwriting stuff in Texas. I had to learn the market. So that's where having friends or family in the area that you're looking at is very important for them to tell you where is the good streets versus the bad parts of town, etc. So learning your market and what your criteria is. That's very important too. You know, is it a C class? Is it a B class? Is it a 50 door? Is it a 500 door? So, so much goes into that. So again, so I had my friend, we were underwriting together. We were talking to brokers. We were talking to insurance people, to our tax people. I was learning the lingo of multifamily, which takes some time. And we were submitting, we got to the point where we were submitting LOIs. We knew what our criteria was. We knew together that we could be a team. And um, it took several LOIs, several times of being told no until that first deal came. 
There were many great aspects of the first multifamily deal Rebecca was involved in, but this also made it very competitive. Yeah, our first deal was an on-market deal and it was highly competitive. And so many people in the Texas area wanted this building as well. Why? Because it was in a great school system. It was actually right next to an elementary school. And so when you're looking at multifamily, having that a school right next to you means that young families will be living in your apartment, hopefully for a while, because their kids can go right over to the school. Again, it was also a very nice area with um, high incomes nearby. It was also a all bills paid building. So for those folks who like to consolidate and have everything into one bill, just write that check for the rent each month, that is very helpful for these people. And there was not another all bills paid building within a four mile radius. So this made it a good deal and everybody wanted it. So again, very competitive. So we put our best put put forward on the pricing. And we also put $150,000 down hard money day one. And four years ago, that was kind of, well, that was a lot of money. Nowadays, it's really nothing when you have, uh, you know, when you're competing for the Dallas market. But back then, it was, it was a big step for me and my co-sponsor to take. But it did land us the deal. So, that was great. This was my first time raising money. And so it was a nail biter for me. But luckily, you know, again, partnering with somebody who is very experienced is the, really the way you should go on your first deal, it, hoping, you know, that somebody who's very experienced will join with you. But a lot of times we want to give back. So luckily that was my case. And so, um, my co-sponsor, he was able to bring in a great deal of the money, but I was also able to as well through the mentoring group that we were in because it had taken me a couple of years to get over my skepticism and to understand how things went. So I'd made friends. I had nurtured those uh, relationships so that people knew me and trusted me and um uh, invested with me, sorry, as well, as well. So the money raised did come relatively easily. It was a small building, a 94 unit. At the time, uh, we bought it for the $5 million range. So it, it was only about a million six that we needed to um, raise. But of course, that was scary for me the very first time, yet my co-sponsor had done it a number of times. We luckily did not have any shenanigans go on uh, for the takeover and the sale from the seller. They, they were ready to go, uh, family owned uh, before. So it was rather smooth. But we did know going in that we'd have to replace a boiler and some pipes as soon as we got in there because it was a 1960s building. So although that wasn't hard, um, it was all new to me. So it yeah. was uh, kind of scary. Because she was out of state at the time, Rebecca had to work extra hard to network in the Dallas market, where she wanted to invest. Despite the distance, she made an effort to build relationships with the brokers in the market and to stand out among the crowd of investors there. When I would come out to Texas, uh, I would stay extra days to be sure to grab a coffee or 
especially do a tour with the broker in order to gain my own credibility. Everybody knew my co-sponsor, but they didn't know me. And I had been told that it was important to, uh, to get to know the brokers, but I didn't necessarily realize how important uh, until the years went by. They are the people that, you know, you want to befriend and show up for, you don't want to flake on them. Uh, you know, they're hardworking, hardworking people, but even better, I found that most everybody's really, really cool. You know, I really enjoy a lot of the brokers that I've met. And so just treating them like uh, a friend, but a professional friend, somebody that, you know, you want to get back to right away when they call, uh, that you want to get them the paperwork, whatever that might be, uh, and respect their time. Uh, So nurturing that so that they understand that you're serious in this business, that if that you're going to show up uh, at the end that you're going to be able to fund and that they can trust putting your LOI, you know, under contract because you're a stand-up person and you do what you say. They need to know that, especially when it's your first deal. Because she didn't have a lot of experience in apartment syndication, Rebecca joined a group of investors who were also learning the business. This is how she raised capital on her first deal. Again, since I had joined a group of people who are learning about syndication, I w- that's where we got our first basically amount of money um, because those people were already sophisticated in the sense that they knew about apartment investing. They knew that, hey, this is where you're going to put in your money and it's going to be sitting there for three to five years. You will likely get distributions on the cash. And then at the sale, that's where the big chunk comes uh, in, you know, comes back to you. So they already knew. So there are lots of examples of people who say, oh, I know all these high net worth people. And you try to sell them, let's say on your syndication, but if they don't understand or know about syndication and you don't educate them, you might very, they might pass because they don't know. It's just that they don't understand. So you need to educate those people or be around those folks who do understand. So that's where going to multifamily events uh, is where you might find many of your uh, future investors because they understand. Also, educating your friends and family is a great way to help them because they won't understand because there's a lot to learn about how the syndication works and how you can make money. Rebecca was a successful psychologist before she began investing in apartments. Over time, she's had to learn how to stop thinking like a psychologist and start thinking like an investor. That it's still sort of an ongoing struggle, which is sort of funny. But I, when we were in San Diego, I was working at uh, the Naval Hospital there. And after I got my first syndication, I was able to transition into a private practice which was really great. So I began to have my own hours. And now I just have a few patients that I just enjoy very much because it's an art, no longer a paycheck. However, I realize that I might be considered more of the tortoise than the hare because I could not and still sort of can't let go of that image of me being the psychologist 
and not seeing myself, let's say, as the multifamily syndicator. But that transition is really important for those of us who love our jobs, but love syndication too. You know, it's like holding on to two identities, but I'm realizing now I need to be a hundred percent into uh, the multifamily to get where I want to go, but it's okay. You know, we don't have to be, you know, in a race. This is your own self growth. So making that transition, it's really the belief in myself, my belief that I can make things happen and that I'm allowed to transition. I'm allowed to do something different. I think a lot of us, when we're kids, we're told, you know, oh, don't be a jack of all trades. Um, uh, what is it? Jack of all trades, master of none. Oh, because you just, you're willy nilly. You, you can't make a decision. That's sort of what the mindset is where we're kind of thinking that we have to excel in our choice career that we did in college. And that's not necessarily true. So many people branch out and do something new and it's okay. So shifting mm -hmm. that mindset, it doesn't mean I'm a failure in one because I moved to another. It just means I can be both or transition and it's okay. Imposter syndrome is something many investors encounter. Both new and veteran investors face this. Rebecca too has experienced this throughout her real estate career. The imposter syndrome, yeah, again, I think everybody has that, even, you know, beginning uh, master's PhD students for my field, maybe in, in all fields, you know, we're just getting started. So it feels like, oh my goodness, what do I know what I'm doing? Right. But we all have to start from somewhere. Um, in thinking about, yeah, the imposter syndrome, you, you feel like you don't know enough. But the reality is, is that oftentimes you know more than the people who you can help. And that might be an investor or that might also be a fellow syndicator who hasn't learned as much as you. You got to feel uh, good about what you do know and confident. And that can be hard. That can come with time and experience. But you know how to learn and you know how to listen and that is valuable uh, for, for yourself, for others. And that whatever you don't know, if you have someone that you can ask the question of, then you're not an imposter. You know how it works and you know where to find the answers if you don't. Markets across the country are as competitive as ever. The Dallas market where Rebecca invests is one of the most competitive markets in the nation. But she set herself up and surrounded herself with the right people to empower her to get deals and succeed in the multifamily space. So I have uh, again uh, joined in with a, another uh, mind, uh, let's say mastermind. So being in masterminds, that's sort of that elevation from just being in, let's say, a syndication program, but now you're with more of the elite thinkers. And that has helped me expand my mindset as well as my goals to surround myself around, let's say, the elite mastermind people, let's say. Um, and so that helps me have even more credibility with uh, many folks here in Dallas because they know of that group and they know that it's us that are go-getters uh, who are in it. 
Uh, also, again, showing up, uh, talking with the brokers is vital, you know, for that credibility. But more recently, because we moved here, because obviously we are so ready to accelerate in this business by moving here to Dallas, uh, we rebranded ourselves, uh, got a great website, got a great, uh, you know, internet we're beginning to get that internet presence so that we can establish more of authority in the space, letting people know we know what we're doing. We can guide you. We can keep your investment safe. We're going to do the right thing. We know what we're doing. So I think that for me has been the big change that now, again, just going right in, focusing on that marketing to tell people we know what we're doing and we're going to keep your investment safe. Not only is Rebecca an active investor, but she's also a passive investor. You don't have to pick one or the other. When she was first starting out, Rebecca chose to passively invest, and she still does this today. First of all, again, as I said, I was skeptical. Is this real? You know, how does this work? Right? Again, totally green. So I did do uh, passive investments. and Well, excuse me, I still do. And that helped me see what a deal sponsor does. That helps me helped me to see, okay, I should be getting monthly reports. I should be able to see the finances every single month, um, getting communications about the rehab that's being done. It showed me how this sort of works because I, you know, I'd never seen a financial spreadsheet from an apartment building. Why would I? I, I used to be the person paying that rent. Okay, so you get to see it and learn it that way. So I think a passive investment is great if you have the opportunity to do that first and see what this deal sponsor does. Um, so you must, it's almost a must, you know, you, you're, you're really out of. And um, with that, I have continued to be a passive investor because now I know other sponsors that I know, like, and trust. And they have some great buildings. And when I um, passively invest with them, I don't have to do so much work. I get a great tax benefit as well as turning around my money, just increase, 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 increase. So it's a wonderful way to go. So I still you know, give my friends uh, the money passively to offset taxes and to make my money grow. As a passive investor, Rebecca has learned how important it is to know the sponsors she invests with. She's also learned that every investment has its risks. Knowing who your sponsor is, having a background with them, again, they, what's always said, know, like, and trust that person. And so I absolutely have uh, stayed with people who I know, like, and trust. And even then, things can go haywire. So, for example, in one of our passive investments, the city decided to reroute a street. And so it ended up that our tenants had to go through a mall parking lot to get to the, the, the building that was completely unpredictable. But we didn't make much money on that deal. So that was not a mistake necessarily of mine or the, the sponsors, but that was one, one deal that went a little haywire. We still got out and got our money, but not as increased as much as we would like. For myself, um, I think for a minute, uh, I have it written down of some things that 
were hard. I haven't had, I have not had really bad things go wrong, which is great so far. Uh, but I think, again, going back to my mindset, uh, those limitations and that struggle with, you know, am I a, sh- a psychologist or am I a deal sponsor? And can I be both? Do I want to be both? What am I doing this for? At first, it was for retirement only, but now it's for self-actualization and my own personal growth, as well as helping others. So I wish I would have gone faster in that tug of war I was having in my own mind. So if that's a mistake or, or yeah, that just kept me from growing as fast as I want, wanted to. At the beginning of her real estate journey, Rebecca made a lot of sacrifices. She put in a lot of work and fortunately, it's all paid off. Well, I feel that all these years of, again, learning, all these, all those years, which was about six years traveling back and forth uh, from California to Texas, it's paid off in spades as far as, you know, again, my passive investments. And now I have been a deal sponsor in four deals, again, uh, 500 doors. And my sweat equity and relationship building has been the key to the success, I believe. Um, So it's a success because I've been able to grow for me that again, personal growth for me, that that's huge. I've been able to help friends and family pad their retirement through this. And, and that makes me feel great. Uh, If anything, you know, one mistake that I feel that I've made is I didn't tell enough people. Uh, our one of our my first building is up for sale right now, and we just had the offers come in, and we're going to do much better than I could have ever believed four years ago. And if my family knew, if I knew enough to tell them, and believed in myself enough, then that they. They could have had a wonderful retire, a, a big boost in their retirement. So that's success. Um, and again, me, I didn't want to fly to Texas all the time. I didn't want to put in the hours of underwriting and understanding. I didn't want to grow to where I had to call a broker. Like when I first started, I'm like, oh, what do I say? They're going to know I don't know anything, Right. <laughs> and now, now it's no big deal. But for then, it was a stretch. It was like, oh my gosh, I'm going to look dumb. I'm going to look like I don't know what I'm doing. But you do it anyway. Rebecca's mission moving forward is to educate as many people as she can on the benefits of multifamily investing. She aims to help others the way multifamily helped her and her family. I really want to be able to reach people to tell them about how this is such a great investment. And so again, with our website and uh, with being here with you, Kerwin, being able to get the word out by doing more podcasts, that's uh, my goal to help more people to get financially free, to get where they want to be, or at least that padded uh, retirement. So I also like to give back in helping young syndicators get where they want to go because I was given such a gift uh, to learn 
myself. So helping other people who uh, are in my shoes, you know, six, seven years ago. So that's definitely a goal. And so we would like to be able to uh, get more uh, deals. Of course, we're looking more at uh, B properties than C because of the uh, cap rate compression. You can buy a C, uh, excuse me, a B as well as you know you would a C. So might as well have a little bit nicer of a property or a newer property for myself. Yeah. So that's the direction that we're going in. Giving back as she manages her properties is something Rebecca loves to do. She often gives to her residents, and this creates a welcoming community for everyone involved. What is really fun, you know, having the apartments that you are asset managing is that you're able to come up with your manager, probably who already has some ideas, creative ideas to give back to the tenants. So, um, we like to do snow cones here uh, during the summer because it's very hot in Texas. And that's an easy giveaway. But September timeframe, we like to give um, school supplies to the young children who are in our uh, buildings. Um, any, any reason we can have a giveaway, we do. And of course, the major holidays such as Christmas, uh, we like to have Santa come, see the kids, take pictures, you know, and give them a little gift. So that's giving back to the tenants over and above trying to give people a nicer community, a safer place, a more beautified home with all of the upgrades that people, you know, talk about the backsplash, the gooseneck uh, faucets, you know, maybe going from uh, resurfaced countertops to something of a stone that's nicer. You know, that, that varies with the building, but over and above that, uh, especially like during COVID, uh, we did as much as we could with social distancing, but also having, you know, telling the, the tenants, we're here for you. We're trying to do our best. I know that you guys are as well. You know, a lot of people were out of work. So we really tried to um, let them know that uh, the community is there to help. And so with that, you know, Warren and I are able to give to then our own charities and things that, that we uh, feel strongly about um, with this added income in our lives to, you know, give, give to others in need. So yeah. it's been a blessing. Hesitating to start your real estate journey is easy. Starting is hard, but not hesitating and taking action is what investors like Rebecca do that countless others don't. Just do it now. Begin your real estate journey now. Don't hesitate. Don't let limiting beliefs get in the way. Oh, I can't do it. It costs too much. I don't have the time. I'm not smart enough. Those are all lies we tell ourselves. Get into it in some way, shape, or form. You'll be so glad that you did and stretch, you know, stretch your mind, stretch yourself. It, it's worth it. To learn more about Rebecca, you can go here. We have our website, which is www.starboardequity.com. So Starboard Equity, uh, it's a naval idea uh, that the, the starboard vessel, a ship, has the right of way and uh, the privilege, it's the privileged vessel. So we want to get our investors, you know, to have that privilege to be able to be guided the right way. So starboardequity.com, love to hear from you.
Thank you for joining us today on the Real Estate Monopoly podcast. If you got value from this episode, please do us a favor and give us a good rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Or if you'd simply tell a friend about the show, that would help us out too. Make sure to visit our website at www.donisinvestmentgroup.com backslash monopoly, where you can subscribe to our newsletter so you'll never miss a show. If you want to avoid the top five mistakes passive investors make, you can also check out our free ebook by going to www.donisinvestmentgroup.com and downloading it. Be sure to tune in to our next episode. Until then, take care, guys.